My name is Sarah Vioso. In May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the most aggressive type of brain cancer known. This is my spiritual journey of completely surrendering to God's will while healing my soul through His grace. Welcome to Surviving Fear. Episode 12, Scripture. So, when I had my first son, Adam, I remember being in the hospital and, you know, you have that mix of excitement and anxiety and fear and you just can't wait to meet your child. And those of you that aren't parents, um, if you can't relate directly, you've known someone in your life that has given birth at some point or adopted a child or had a child come into their life. And, or even if you've had to babysit a child, you know, there's that uncertainty that here comes this being that you cannot control. Like I've talked about before, like when I transitioned, when I transitioned out of the air force and to being a stay at home mom, it took me years to make that transition because I went from knowing exactly how to live life, literally being trained by the military on how to function as an officer in the United States Air Force to being a parent. And you're given this thing that it is your responsibility to keep it alive and help it to thrive. And it's a little scary. Like I remember like, especially the things that I, you know, looking back, I look at all this stuff that we've dealt with with our children that I really would not trade for the world, the experiences and the laughter and the love that has been experienced and the joy through our children and their lives is immeasurable and is worth every bit of struggle and pain and heartache that has come along with raising children and fear because you just want to give them the best start that you can. But I laughed. I remember when I gave birth to Adam, we were in the hospital room. Paul is there. We're all emotional. And I always crack a joke in those when things get too serious. I always say something inappropriate to make myself laugh. And I remember I gave birth to Adam and I'm holding my sweet boy in my arms. My husband is there. And I turned to the nurse and I said, so where's the instruction book? Does that come out too? And she smiled and she looked at me. She goes, you already have one. I said, I do. And she goes, yep, the Bible. And there I was trying to be smart Alec. And there was that nurse I don't want to say putting me in my place, but acted, I think God acted through her to reach me to say, yeah, you've been given one that tells you everything you need to know. And how wise of her. And you, if you, when you're raising a small child, you tend to miss all that very easily because you're just trying to survive. You're sleep deprived. You're exhausted all the time. You're lucky. I remember one time with my son, Adam, I was trying to, I mean, he was a few months old and 
you know, you're supposed to massage their gums and rub their gums. And I was so tired. I actually put, I was trying to put desitin on his bottom. And in the process, I actually put toothpaste on his bottom. And I was like, why does his bottom smell like strawberries, bananas? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I put toothpaste on his bottom because I was trying to put diaper rash cream on, was going to wrap him in his diaper. And there you go. So the purpose of this telling you this is there's so, God gives us an instruction booklet, not just for having kids, but for life. And it's the Bible. I can't tell you how many situations I have been in, especially in this last year. And I will, uh, let me, you know, truth be told, I didn't read the Bible a whole lot before this happened to me. I mean, I had devotionals I'd open up here and there. I said prayers. I did have a connection with God and I talked to him, but I wasn't opening the Bible. Like I have friends that their Bibles are worn. Like they look like they are holding on by threads because they have referenced them so much. I didn't have that relationship with the Bible. I didn't before any of this happened to me. It was more asking for prayer, which is still great. I'm not downplaying that, but literally the, I'm sorry, I say literally a lot. I was just thinking about that the other day, but it is everything you need to know to live a fulfilled and peaceful, loving life exists in the pages of those books. I've been, I think I shared with you guys that I've been listening to a podcast by Father Mike Schmitz, and it's the Bible in 365 days. And he reads excerpts of the Bible, and it's not straight through from page one to page however thousand. It is broken up in ways that make sense. Yes, some of it's done chronologically, some of it's done by um, by topic and how two books relate. And it has been eye-opening. I mean, if you've never dared to open a Bible because it seems overwhelming, this is a great way to do it. Use this podcast is amazing. And how he has it shaped as you, or has he has it organized, is he reads out of different books, different scriptures um, of the Bible, and then he says a prayer, and then he um, explains what was just read. And I mean, the Bible is a page turner at times. Yes, sometimes you get caught up in numbers and they're telling you how populated everything is and they're telling you how this person was related to this person that was related to this person and all the tribes that existed. And sometimes that can seem heavy and repetitive, but it's really, I mean, there is, there are, there are, you know, love stories and affairs and births and, um, killing and murders. I mean, deceitfulness. I mean, it's not all sunshine and butterflies, but it all has a purpose. And there's a reason that we read the history, we read the Old Testament and how that kind of is a big for, and not even kind of, it is foreshadowing the coming of Christ. And then you have revelations would tell us, which tells us what's going to happen. So, I mean, it's all right there for you about raising children, how to love, how to not be afraid. And I'm going to get deeper into that later, but it says 365 days. There are 365 times in the Bible. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. 365 times. Do you think 
God is trying to tell us, hey, I've really got this. You're going to hit some struggles, but I promise I have you. So that's where it's like the Bible is such a powerful tool. And I'm, you know, I'm sad that it took me being diagnosed with glioblastoma for me to really connect more with the Bible. But I'm just so glad I did. I'm so glad that happened to me. You know, prayers are amazing. Scripture is amazing. If you are, because I know I've mentioned I'm Catholic, and if you are Catholic, that's what we, we read scripture every week when you go to church. We have three readings that are broken down by your priest or pastor that break that takes the readings and tells you how to apply it to your life. So even though you're not sitting there with a Bible in hand, you are listening to it every week if you go to church regularly. So that nurse said to me, it's like, you have the Bible as your instruction booklet on how to raise children, on how to deal with struggles, on how to celebrate the great things in your life, to know how much you're loved, to know how much you are cared for. Um, it literally provides you guidance and strength, comfort, love, and peace, which are a lot of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But that's what the Bible does. Like the one, there are two that I have just wrapped my hands around and held on tightly that just carries me through. And one of them is Isaiah 41.10, which is a very popular scripture if you aren't familiar with scripture. And it's one that just kept coming up, continues to come up over and over again in my life. And it says, do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you in my victorious right hand. And it might seem, you know, on the on the surface of this scripture, you read it once and yeah, it sounds amazing and it's great because he's like, don't be afraid. I got you. This is good. But you know, the thing with scriptures, I suggest that you read it two, three times and let it sink in and let it process. It says, do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. He's going to make us stronger. He's going to give us the strength we need to get through their struggles. I will help you. He's not going to leave you alone. He's going to be there to help you. And even though you may not understand how he's helping you, he is helping you. He has your best interest in his heart every single time. I will uphold you in my victorious right hand. Victorious. We know who wins. So if you, spoiler alert, he wins in the end, in the end of all this, when heaven comes to earth and is one, there are no longer any evil spirits on this earth, evil spirits trying to destroy us and bring us, pull us away from God. He wins. So to me, that's comforting. It's comforting to know that I've got someone on my side there all the time in the depths of my fear that's going to say, I got you. Because we are all children of his. We're his children. Just like you would parent a child, we are parented by him. We are all adopted children by him. My other one that rings so true with me is Joshua 1.9. And um, I mentioned Reese before. Reese was a young man in my life who um, transitioned to heaven 
because of his battle with um, osteosarcoma at a very young age. And his this was his favorite verse, and it became mine because of him. Is it Joshua 1.9. It says, Be strong and courageous. There it is again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So even if you're not acknowledging God, and even if your your connection to him is weak, he is still there. He does not give up on you. He's telling you, don't be afraid because I am with you all the time. And let me tell you, when I was a little girl, I was deathly afraid of the dark. I My imagination ran wild. I felt like, I mean, just like any other little kid. As long as I put the sheets over my head, that thing was made of titanium, and there's no way anything was going past those sheets. And I always slept with the sheets over my head because I was so scared of the dark. It was the unknown. It's that unknown factor that with the dark, you can't see. But what he tells us is when we're even in the dark, he's there. He's there. He does not leave our side. It's do we choose to keep him right next to us? Do we ask him, God, please be right next to me. Please be with me. He's there. Let me feel your presence. He will comfort you. As I've said, I've shared before that, you know, there's been times when I should have been scared out of my mind and I wasn't through this journey. I was going in for surgery. This last MRI that I had, that I was fearful because it's my, it was my, this last MRI I had was the first time I had an MRI and I have been off chemo now for two months. And I should have been really, and when I first realized that, I was like, oh gosh, when they they were taking me off chemo, I'm like, I don't know. It feels like my security blanket, you're taking away my security blanket because chemo is the reason why I'm doing so good because everything is now gone in my brain. It's gone. That's my oncologist's words, not mine. A miracle in itself, but it's gone. But that first one that I had when they took me off chemo, and I had to wait eight weeks for my next one to see if anything's going to grow. At the very beginning of that eight weeks, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. And I trust him and I know he has a plan, but I am human. And I was nervous. And by the time it got to MRI day, I was fine. I was fine. And that's because I've spent every day in the, his presence, whether I was crying and scared or happy and joyful, I still call out to him. I need your help in this. I need your help. Walk with me today. Come with me on errands. Watch over my boys. And when I walked in, I was fine because it was, I know you've got this. And I know you've got me. Whether it's great news or the tumor's back, there is a reason for it. Good, bad, or ugly. There is a reason for it happening. But he tells us not to be afraid. Don't fear the unknown. Don't fear the bad news because he's there. And the more you turn to him, the closer he stands to you. There's been times, and I will, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, 
my relationship with him still goes up and down. Sometimes he's right there with me all the time because I am saying welcoming into you, but sometimes I get caught up in life. You know, I'm just now getting to return to myself because, you know, all of the chemicals I've pumped into my body and the radiation that's been in my body is now processing out and my body is in the healing mode. So the fog, like I call it the chemo fog, is like lifting out from over my head and I'm starting to see clearly again so I can function again in a semi-normal way, you know, more than the lethargic, tired, I need naps all the time. I now have my energy back and I'm functioning at such a better level than I was. I'm able to do more. And there was a time that I was in such a focused meditative state. I swear every time I go to bed, I feel like Jesus pulled up a chair and sat right next to me as I slept. Like I could visualize it. I could see it. And that's when I was in my best place. And that's when I did my best healing mentally, spiritually, because I was at that place where every night I'd go to bed and I would put pull my covers up and I would start talking to him. And I talked to him throughout the day, but I feel like that's the most intimate time. And I feel like he just pulled up a chair. He's just going to sit next to me. I'm like, watch over me and my family as we sleep. And I visualize that. So the more you turn to him, the closer he becomes to you. Um, you know, I've been talking about fear because I know that's the whole idea of this podcast, but I read this somewhere and it really resonated with me and it says, and I wish I'd written down where I got it from. And I'm sorry, I read so many different, you know, devotionals and inspirational things. I should have written this one down. So if you're the author of this, I apologize. Please reach out to me so I can give you full credit for it. But it says, Do not fear tomorrow, for God is already there. And to me, there's something so comforting about thinking of it that way, that why am I afraid about tomorrow? Why am I afraid of that MRI that's coming up? Why am I afraid of going off chemo? Why am I afraid of any change? Or why am I fearing anything's going to happen in the future? Because he's already there. He's already there determining a path for us if we choose to take it. He's there. And if we don't choose to take it and we make mistakes, he's got another path ready for us when we're ready to go back to him. And there's something so, even though we don't know what's going to happen in our future, he does. He knows. And the fact that somebody knows that's on my side and has my back, says I trust, I can trust and loves me, with a love that transcends all understanding, I'm good with that. It's like you have the Michael Jordan of basketball on your side leading the way for you because you already know you've got the best teammate possible that's taking care of you and loving you. And he's got you. Now, I want to touch on something because I had an experience that I wanted to share with you guys that, you know, when I say do not be afraid and to trust in him, at one point in the beginning of all this, you know, we were going to see any doctor that would see me, anybody that was doing things out of the box. And we went to this one particular doctor and um, drove uh, about an hour and a half away for this appointment. And we get there, 
and we wait. And wait. And wait. And an hour and 45 minutes into waiting for the doctor. And it wasn't like it was a packed room. We don't know why. I had not, you know, Paul turned to me and he goes, do you want to go? And I was like, I was afraid to leave because this is the, this particular doctor was the guru in this particular, um, treatment we were investigating. And I just kept getting the feeling that I'm like, why am I wasting my time? I'm like, we drove an hour and a half. We had to have care for our kids, make sure they were okay. I had to pack my special diet, my special food that I was eating at the time and, you know, bringing in a cooler. And we went, my husband went up to the office and they said, well, I know she's running really behind, but she's so thorough with all her patients. It's going to be another 45 minutes. I had been there for an hour and 45 minutes already, and I'm going to wait another 45 minutes. Maybe it's going to be that. It could go longer. So I'm going to be waiting for two and a half hours. And I, Paul and I shook head, our heads and we're like, you know what? Nothing is worth this. At that time, I had no, I had no idea how much time I had left. I, they had not given me anything other than the horrible numbers of, you know, 15 months. Maybe, you know, they don't determine, nobody knows, you know, nobody knows, but that's what they tell us, you know? And so they give us this bleak outlook as we talked about. And I was like, this is not where I want to be spending my time. So even though we drove an hour and a half out there, I'm not going to continue to wait another 45 minutes. We got up and we, we walked out. But as we were walking out, a gal looked at my shirt and my shirt said faith over fear. I was wearing, I still wear them all the time. And she goes, if only we could all live like that. Can you imagine how peaceful this world would be? That's what she said. She said, I, she opened with, I really like your shirt. I was like, thank you. Thanks. I love my shirt too. So I feel like that as I was sitting there uncertain and fearful of which path to take and not knowing what to do, and finally just having that calm. I've never walked out of a doctor's appointment in my life. Never. I have waited two hours for a doctor easily, many times. And it was just like, I'm not going to sit here and wait any longer. And I don't, you know, that it happens. It wasn't that doctor's fault. I'm glad that doctor is very thorough about what um, she does, but it wasn't her fault. You know, it's just... I, it's not what I was willing to do. And I just had the overwhelming, Paul and I both had the overwhelming desire to get up and leave. This is not where we want to be. At least the timing's not right now. And again, it's that you question it. Am I sure I'm doing the right thing? And you go to leave. And then as you're walking out, I have the person say, I really like your shirt. How amazing would this life be if we all could live that way? That to me is affirmation directly from heaven that this is where, that's the path I need you to take right now. That's the path. So it's just that validation, that validation. And God gives us his validations all the time. Throughout my journey, I've seen that validation over and over again. And I shared this story about leaving another doctor's appointment 
about how it didn't go well, how we, it was a very tearful and scary appointment. Yet on the way there, is we saw our faith over fear sticker on the back of the car. When we got into the car, we both had an overwhelming sense of peace of where we need to get treatment. He is there. You just have to allow him to be there. You have to say, you know what, God, I trust you. You have to give yourself fully and completely over to him and surrender to him. And he is there for you every step of the way. And if you have any questions or any doubt, you walk over and you pick up the instruction booklet booklet he left for us in the Bible. Well, thank you for listening again to Surviving Fear. My name is Sarah Vioso, and I will see you at the next episode. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Vioso, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, graphic editor, Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer, Adam Vioso.